Hello, I'm Dick Foth, and I'd like to welcome you to Known, stories to make sense of it all. And these stories are what I call walking books, real-life people, different places, different ages, different cultures, and I want to have some conversations with them across disciplines and generations and cultures in order to encourage a kind of knowing, uh, fresh lenses through which to see the world. One of those lenses will be scripture, or more specifically, Jesus of Nazareth, whose life, I believe, changed the course of the history of the world. So, thanks for listening in. Great to have you with us. Well, I speak to you today from the great state of Oregon, and it's Oregon in the sunshine. That's almost an oxymoron, but we're grateful, aren't we, Roger? Very grateful. It's been too wet lately. It's great to see the sun out. That's great. I sit today with my friend Roger Levasa from uh, Tualatin, Oregon, just outside Portland. And I want to talk to you today, Roger, and we've chatted about this a bit. I want to talk to you about family, football, and faith. Are you game? Sounds good. Okay, let's go. So let's start here. What kind of a name is Levasa? Levasa is a Samoan name. It means the tide of the ocean. Okay, so you're from Samoa. I was born in Western Samoa in a little in a, the capital city of of called Apia, which is on the island of Upolu, okay. which means absolutely nothing to most people. <laughs> well, it, it, tell me. I mean, it, it sounds very exotic. Samoa out in the South Pacific right. and all of that Polynesian islands. Talk to me a little bit about the culture of Samoa. How is it structured? Talk to me about family, and I'll just butt in along the way. Sure, sure. There's one word that that every Samoan can relate to, and it's called Fa'a Samoa. It means the Samoan way, and there's a particular uh, way in the in how we do family, how we do life. Uh, uh, every village has a has a history. Every village has. Uh, families that are represented by chiefs and so each each family has a chief that holds the title of that family and that represents that family within that community so that's by villages it's not a it's not a tribe in the traditional sense no it's more of a village every village has a family every family in the village is represented has a place at the table if you will and and your place in the table is usually determined by your history of the family name within that village. So, so, so give me an example of that. Uh, well, for example, if we sit down to dinner, you know your place in the pecking order by the part of the fish that you get. If you get the head of the fish, that means you're you got a pretty high title. You're big time. You get big the time. head. If you get the head, if you get the tail, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but so so your parents came from two different villages. Right. Talk to me about that. Well, my mom, my father was born in a, a village called Uafato, Fangaloa. Um, it's a, for lack of a better word, it's like a hillbillies. So okay. he, he came from the backwoods of so Samoa. It's like Jesus Town. It's like right, Nazareth. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, and my mom was born in, in Savai'i, which is the village of kings, if you will. She was born in the, um, uh, so that's where she comes from. I see. So they, so your dad married royalty of a kind. Sort of, sort of, yeah. She, 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 uh, she caught his eye, and uh, he caught her grace. <laughs> so, you were telling me 
something about how story works in your culture. And since known uh, stories to make sense of it all is part of the theme of this, uh, talk to me about that, the place of story in Samoan culture. Well, every village has a story. There's a history, and part of it is mythology, part of it is facts. And every every village has those, and they're passed down um, from generation to generation, which includes the chiefs, the families of that village, the major events that have happened okay. in that village. And so... So it's, it's, it's oral tradition. It's oral tradition. Okay. And so that's how it's passed on. And let's say, for example, that, that the year from Foth Village, yes. and, and you approach Levasa Village, right? and you want to have a conversation with us, there's something that you want from us, whether it's pigs, cows, or women, okay. you know, the bride's hand. Right. So you come to us, and, and before uh, you, can, you and I can have a conversation, your talking chief will begin telling me, the Foth talking chief will start telling the Levasa talking chief about the history of their village. So you'll tell me my story. And what that does for me is it opens me up to the to the understanding that you know my story. So now now that you've retold me my story, I'm open to whatever you're here to ask me so, about. Okay, so so I'm I'm big on people sharing their stories with right. other people. You know, I, we've talked about that, right about it and all that. But you're saying that if I'm going to approach you for something, I need to know your story, have found out about it, yeah. ask questions about it enough so I can recite your story to you. Yes. And why is that important? It's a, it's a matter of respect. That's just the way that we, you have to, you're showing us honor and respect by telling us our story. So, so I had to have thought about you and your village and your family enough to have asked around or whatever it takes right. to, to know that story before I approach you. That's correct. You. That's correct. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that, is, that is very cool. Let me, let me shift from that a little bit to say, okay, that's, that's the culture of the islands, if you will, those islands. Your family was part of that. You were brought up. You, you told me you're not big on veggies. No. Tell our listeners why you're not well, big Well, on- the Samoan diet is kind of very unique. The only vegetable that I ever was exposed to was the taro leaf, and it's uh, we call it um, uh, it's, it's taro, taro leaf with coconut milk. Okay. Uh, palusami is the name of the, we, we call it palusami or Samoan steroids. <laughs> Either, uh, but they're really tasty. But beyond that, everything else was pig, you know, chicken, really? cow. Wow. So it's mainly a lot of meat, fish. Okay. But but your family left Samoa when your dad went into mission work where? Uh, Papua New Guinea. Mom and dad did some missionary work there for 14 years. I was raised in Papua for seven of those 14 years right. um, before they, they left and made their way to America. Okay. So, so you go from Samoa to Papua New Guinea and end up... In Southern California. Long Beach, California. That's what you call a cultural shock, That's I would think. Quite a shock, quite a shock. Very different from, you go from palm trees to pavement. 
So, 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 where did you where did you live in Southern Cal? I grew up. We initially landed in Wilmington, California, and right. then moved over to Long Beach, California, where my dad took over as a pastor of a small Samoan congregational church on what we call the West Side. Okay. And so that's where I was raised. Went to elementary, middle school, uh, Webster Elementary School. So the uh, so the city's divided into West Side and East Side. Well, the way we look at it, it's either East or West. The Northerners like to be recognized too, but we just recognize Long Beach as East and West. Okay. And you, you were brought up in a culture of um, uh, football players. Yes. So let me, let me shift to football just a little bit here. Or not a little bit. Let's just talk about that. You grew up playing football. Yes. Talk to me about that. Well, football, back then when we grew up, we played football, tackle football at the park, at the churchyard. Uh, that was just a normal part of what we did. We didn't need shoulder pads or helmets. We just went at, went at each other. Um, too poor to pay the fee to pay in any club teams or Pop Warner teams, so we just kind of did it on our own at the park uh, or in a church lot. So that was our exposure to football. We loved it, played it, and uh, didn't really get serious about it until we got into high school. Then we realized, oh, there's a there's a method to this madness. There, and, there could be money in this. Well, not, not really. For <laughs> us, for, for me personally, my yeah. escape in playing football is I didn't want to go home and do chores. Oh, there you go. So the thing that motivated me to play is I, I could tell my dad or mom I was helping the teacher. I got to do it. Yeah. There so. you go. So, I, I like that thing you told me about the guys who would tag stuff or, or do graffiti. Tell, right. tell our Well, on the west side, you know, in, in many neighborhoods, there's, there's protocol. Yeah. And, uh, and so the gang gangbangers would tag different parts of our neighborhood, the bar, local bar, but they would skip our property, which was the church property, and they referred to that area as the Islanders Court. Okay. So Santa Fe and Wardlow, yeah. uh, for those who are from the area on 223rd that turns into Wardlow Avenue. So on the corner of Santa Fe and Wardlow was what they called Islanders Court. That was kind of don't touch, because if you touch, then the Samoan boys might roll up on you. And the- and most of you guys aren't, forgive me, you aren't necessarily small, right? Uh, are, there, are there some smaller There's folks? some smaller guys, but they're also like kindergarten. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we have that reputation of being heavy, big, and all of that. Linemen. Linemen, linebackers. Yeah. Running backs. So, so Tuiasasopo, and names that some of our older listeners right. might might recognize. Yeah, probably the first wave of Polynesians into the pros were the Tuiasasopo family. You've heard of the Tautolos, the yeah. uh, Tatupu, Mosi Tatupu. Um, so that was the first wave, and Manu and his family were instrumental in us coming from Samoa to America. We okay. kind of lived together. And, and so then, who, was the, who was the fellow who played for the Steelers, the, the linebacker uh, guy? Uh, Troy Polamalu, I'm sorry. Troy Polamalu, yeah. okay. Troy Polamalu changed the dynamics of how the position. And he and he did the long hair from under did the, the helmet. Long became hair thing. Iconic, right? Now all the guys got Apparently the. Apparently that becomes kind of a signature for <laughs> Polynesian is the long hair. <laughs> so and and today people in football, you know, one of my favorite quarterbacks at the college level area uh, ever, and I apologize this because you're an Oregon State guy. It's all you, right. You're a beaver, no and you, you went on to play with it's USFL okay. for a while. But this this fellow named Marcus Mariota, who comes from Hawaii, right. but he's Samoan descent. Right. He's Samoan. Father Samoan, and yeah, he's representing the people really well. We really appreciate him <laughs> playing and he's, a good position. He's, he's the quarterback, quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Somebody that might be recognized even more is this fellow Dwayne Johnson, right? Right. He called the Rock, the, rock, rock. the big dude. 
Rock's got some homo in him. That's what we call it. Homo? Yeah. <laughs> so he's Samoan, partially. He's, uh, right. His, his mom was Samoan, and his dad was a, a famous uh, wrestler. Wow. Rocky Johnson. So here you are. You, you graduated high school. You went to Oregon State, played four years for Oregon State, went on to the USFL. Now you're in a pastoral role, not unlike your dad, if, right. you, if you will. But, but many of us would know what it's like to sort of... Uh, buy into family faith. That is, you know, my folks were believers, therefore I am. When in your life did did faith become more personal and more real for you rather than just more cultural, if I can put it, even if it's family culture? Sure. Well, faith for me was always a a part of my life in the, in the sense that church was important, uh, the Bible was important. You know, Dad made sure that we didn't miss church, and if we did, as a Samoan kid, and most Samoans will know this, you'll get a little, you know, you'll get beat on a little bit if you little, try to skip out on church. A little so, whacked. But it became my faith, if you will, uh, when I was a senior at Oregon State University. Uh, my senior year, uh, from the outside looking in, people would think, good guy, good athlete, all of this stuff. But inside, I was just bankrupt, and I wasn't unlike most many... Uh, teenagers. Teenagers. Yeah. I was. I was trying to find out what the purpose of life was, and and for me, I was. I wasn't happy with my with the person that I'd become. I'd be, yeah. If my father knew half of the stuff that I did, me and you would not be having this conversation. I get it. <laughs> um, but I remember a young man speaking in the middle of our campus at Oregon State University, talking about Jesus openly, and I remember thinking to myself, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Uh, I found a, he, that young man later on came and invited me to a meeting, a Christian meeting where he was the talker or the preacher. Yeah, yeah. And while he was talking, I remember thinking to myself, either he's lying or I'm not a, I'm not a Christian. Yeah. And that thought had never entered my mind before because I was raised in the church. I did all the church stuff. Cultural stuff. Yeah. yeah and, and so I thought I was a Christian. I, and yet my lifestyle reflected that I was far from it. And that became apparent to me that night, and he gave what I now know is the altar call that night about giving your life to Jesus. Uh, I just remember thinking to myself, I have to do something about the fact that I'm not a follower of Jesus, and that, that evening I gave my life to the Lord. Mm. And that, that changed things. Changed the trajectory of my life, uh, changed my friendships, changed the context of how I did everything. You know, football uh, was not the God of my life anymore. It wasn't what dictated how I do or how I do life, but it became a, what it should have been all along, just a fun sport to play. If you had one thing to say to younger folks, and by younger, let's say people in their teens or 20s, mm. early 30s, just about life or uh, faith, mm. um, what are one or two of those things that you might want to say? And I know I'm springing this on sure, you. Sure, sure. Well, you know, the the danger of saying what I'm about to say is oh, that's, that's, that's the religious pat answer. Okay. Um, and I'll, it is what it is, but the truth is God has created eternity within the heart of every man. Church won't fill that, gap, that hole. Bible study won't fill that hole. Praying won't fill that hole. Success in athletics won't fill that hole. Only God can fill that hole. God alone. And uh, that's what I discovered is you can try to pour, pour temporary stuff into an eternal hole and it's not going to work. Mm. Only God can fill that. Mm. And uh, so that would be my advice to the young people is uh, you're looking for love in all the wrong places. 
Mm. It can only be found in God, and, and he made that available to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Okay. Tremendous. Roger, how would you say to me uh, in Samoan, and you could say anything because I won't know, <laughs> but some of these guys listening might know. Yeah. How would you say to me, have a great trip home, both? Emanuelo Malanga. Susunga Fafeau Foth. Have a good journey. Same to you, Roger. Thanks a lot. God bless. Great to to hang out with you. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye.